The Morning Brew Podcast with Jaffe and Razor, sponsored by Berkshire Bank Home Lending. Where you borrow matters. All right, well, training camp is in full swing. Time for us to get off our asses and back into the studio. It's been a couple of weeks since Razor and I have sat down, and it's not that I haven't missed you, but I've enjoyed a little bit of time off. I haven't had much, but just enough, Razor, the last couple of weeks to say, okay, I'm almost ready for full-time work. I look at my schedule, and I don't break out in a cold sweat. I break out in a hot, are you freaking kidding me sweat, as I'm sure you are too. As we welcome you in to Morning Brew with Jaffe and Razor, presented by the outstanding folks at Berkshire Bank. Razor, how you doing, bud? I'm great. I'm good. Uh, I actually got a text from my buddy Reg. We've talked about Reg before. He texted Reg. me literally an hour ago, my buddy, saying a few choice words for the two of us. When are you lazy? You know what? Etc. Etc. Getting going again. Uh, it's been too long. So the well, timing was good for Reg. But I was enjoying just doing nothing this afternoon. I, I didn't have much from noon to now, yep. and I, I didn't stress out about it. Usually it gives me anxiety, but today, knowing what's coming down the pipe here the next couple months, it was uh, it was relaxing. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's good. Reg, I'm not going to give you the bird, Reg. I'm just going to tell you, buddy, <laughs> that, uh, you know, like I said, we, we look at our schedules, buddy, and we're getting back at it. And I'm sure he's, you know, I'm sure he's just lounging around. Yeah, exactly. Like, Good Canadian folk do up there. Reg will be coming on the show uh, <laughs> this year. Reg is going to have to bring it. He's going to have to prove his worth. And that is a perfect segue into what we are seeing so far in Bruins training camp. We've been at it all of seven, eight days now as the Bruins have had a couple of games. And they've had a couple of people that are trying to make a statement. And you know what? Damn it. It's good to see some of these people making a statement, Razor. And, you know, the obvious place to start is A.J. Greer. And we're going to get to him in a moment. But in general, there have been a few other guys, I think with a new coach, I think perhaps with contracts coming to a close at the end of this year as well, and I think that want to stay with the Boston Bruins, that we've seen some initial competition. Now, I haven't seen enough from anybody quite yet to say yay or nay. I don't know if you have or not. Um, but you know what? At the very least, I feel like, and maybe this is just, you tell me, is this is this just short-term memory loss or, you know, meaning like because of COVID and everything? I mean, this year we're back to quote-unquote normal, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like we're seeing more competition, albeit just for a few spots than we did the last couple of years. And damn, that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. Do you agree with that or not? I do. I, I do. Pulling out of the garden last night, I was, I was thinking of that exact thing. That it, and, and I think it was prior to COVID as well, where you didn't feel like it. it we, there's always a couple spots available, but it didn't. It never felt like there was that big of a competition. 
the last few years and, and no one really stepped up to the plate and and I think we wanted that. I think we expected that from some of the people that that didn't take advantage of their opportunities mm-hmm. the last few years. And and yeah, I think it certainly helps you and I being at Warrior and actually seeing it up close. But yep. but I do think it, it has a different vibe. Camp has a different vibe. And, and I would probably allow that to be because of that new coach i i think that that just gives guys a different flavor a different vibe a different energy going into it but but it's it's more competitive for the for the last few spots listen i agree jimmy you know uh, montgomery no question new coach new staff not just jim but other guys too i i agree that that has a lot to do with it how however i I guess the way I feel this year, and again, maybe this is just recency bias and I'm forgetting stuff. Um, I feel like there's legitimate, like in the past few years, it, you almost knew going out of camp it was going to be, well, we're going to give it to this guy. It, it's going to be that guy because we want to give him a chance. I think we're almost at the end of giving some guys chances now and saying, you know what? You've got Bergeron and Krejci back. The, the, the cold hard facts are our partner. It's a one or two year window at most for this team, and what is, I don't even know what that window means. I don't know if this is a legit cup team just yet. I'm 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 not ready to say that. You know what I mean, bud? Mm-hmm. But it felt in the last couple of years like well, you kind of knew who was going to be in certain spots. I feel like there's four spots for sure up front, and then maybe one on the back end where we're still not sure who is going to take it. And I like that. I do. Because this is a veteran team. As much as they say they want to establish youth in the lineup, mm. it's a veteran team right now. And so best man's got to win. We can't just give it to some kid to try and get him. You can't. You, you need the kids or the guys who, in general who are playing their best, who are going to give you the best chance to win right now to play with this team, Razor, as far as I'm concerned. I agree, and I'll add to that is I think the the urgency of these injuries to start the season. I think the urgency to understand that you you can't get behind the eight ball with what's happened in the Eastern Conference and the fact that there's a few important pieces missing on opening night that you need these other guys to step up in a big way. You can't cruise into the season. You can't allow the power play to carry you the first month of the season. You have to have all... 13, 14 forwards, and all six, seven, eight defensemen cooking right out of the gate. So the between that and the, and the playoff disappointment last season, I, I think that's brought all of that urgency throughout the organization, and, and we're seeing it in the first seven, seven days of camp. Yeah, and here are my spots where I feel like we have major questions or legit open spots, okay, heading into the beginning of the season. We already know that Brad, Grizz, Charlie are out, but I still think – even though I, I, I'm guessing, we all are guessing, right, that Zach is going to be that top-line left wing to begin with Bergeron. I, I still think that's a question to me. I do. You know, how, what is he going to bring? Is he going to be able to fulfill that role well enough? Third-line left wing, who is that? Is it Frederick? Is it Greer? Is it um, Felino? And then I look at my fourth line. So that's two spots. Maybe it's actually five up front. And I look at the fourth line, and I don't know. I don't see a clear fourth line yet. I do not. And to me, it's a mixture. Again, Foligno, Studnika, Nosek, Wagner, McLaughlin, Steen. Can we throw Lauko in there? 
Can we? Not sure. Haven't seen enough yet. Um, I, I don't know after that. Am I missing anybody? If I am, forgive me. Did tell I hear me. Lysel? I don't. I, I haven't. That's not a- that's not I a fourth-line guy. I, I think we both agree line. that they're he, not going to keep him on the fourth line to, to right. just be that guy. They have too many good options that, that can help the team, and that's not helping his development to do that. Right. Three, three million percent agree. So I, I have Lysel on bottom of my list with a double question mark because if you're going to play Zaka and DeBrusque with Patrice, mm-hmm. there's really no you know, where do you put him then? Yeah. Assuming that Coyle and Smith – Start as your third line with somebody on the on that left side, and then we've got at least one question I think on the back end. You know, on that extra guy back there, is it Anton Strawman? I'm a big fan of. I am a big fan of his. Just given his professionalism, I've I've gotten to know him when I say well. I've covered him a fair amount uh, over the years in the playoffs. Saw him a lot. He's as sweet as could be, guy. He's as honest as can be. He's as unassuming as can be. But yet, you ask coaches, and they're like, he is as on as can be. Now, I do feel the last couple of years, especially last year or so with with Arizona, I, I don't think it's a great spot for a guy like him. No. Because there he gets exposed in the sense of he's going to try and do a little bit more. But yet, that gets him in trouble. Here, with a team like the Bruins, he plays his role, and it's incredibly effective because of the cerebral nature to his game. Yeah, and just the attitude and the culture and the the he's been on winning teams and he's been in playoff runs. I, I can only imagine it must have been nice to live in Arizona over the winter for him sure. and his crew, but it's got to have been frustrating knowing that he had no chance. So so he's got to have that kind of energy coming back here and being around a group that that's ready to win now. Um, and yeah, he's he's the it's it's going to be interesting how important right shot left shot is to them to the to the defense core for mm-hmm. the coaches that that's where this is gonna shake out on that back end uh it, you know how do they want anyone playing on their offside or do they want to just go stock right so if i'm assuming our fans who are phenomenal fans and i miss interacting with them i'm getting i'm, I'm about ready to start doing that morning brew interaction again in case they're wondering, all right, in no particular order, we just mentioned Anton Strawman on the back end, obviously Hampus Lindham. Holy shit, you know what? Oh, he, he's good last he, night, huh? He was great last night. Uh-huh. He did a few things in practice on Wednesday, too. And he's a, he's a he's just a large human being, you know? And um, he's good. Mm-hmm. How's that for analysis? He's good. Yep. He's good. So, Strawman, Lindholm, Zaboral, Carlo, Riley, Forbert, Clifton. Okay? So, those are your guys. And then we have Grizzlick, McAvoy. When I say your guys, meaning those are your guys who are healthy right mm-hmm. now. And then you got the others. Am I leaving anybody else out right away? Did I? That, no, uh, but that's a lot. Right. It's a lot. So, yeah. So, we've been saying this since last year. One of them, one of those left shot D have to be moved. Mm-hmm. If, especially if you keep Strawman. Because then you can start moving. And we've seen Zaboro play well on the right side. But I don't know. I, I mean, the question's going to become, now you have to look at this because of salary cap implications. Once Charlie's able to come off IR, now you got four right shot deep, which isn't a bad thing, but are you caring too much if you sign Strawman? Interesting scenario that Don Sweeney and his staff have coming up. 
it, it that it is really interesting. I and uh, to we talked about the forwards compete. What's made it just as interesting or or more interesting on the back end is the play of Zaboral and Riley in those two games. I thought Riley was really good last night. He looks he's an NHL defenseman. He has he has warts. He has issues. We've seen at times, but he's an NHL defenseman. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. And then with Zaboral, I know. I mean, we heard the rave reviews that he got after that first game from the new coach, from everyone around at how well he played. So he's got himself lined up on the inside track as well. So it's really interesting what they're going to do back there because there's just not that much room. So two things. One, I'll start with with, uh, Riley. Had a nice chat with Mike the other day. He said he felt last year... He played on an ankle that was 70% all year, and he tried to play through it. And he really, and and he was not, I emphasize this, was not using it as an excuse. He's just like, I didn't want to go down with, you know, surgery. He's like, I, I tried to get through it. And he had it for this summer. He had it this summer, three months off, and he feels great now. He feels great. He said, you know, it just, it's made such a difference. And I think you can see that in mm-hmm. his body language. Yep, I agree. Um. With Zaboral, and this is actually question kind of comment for both maybe Zaboral and Riley. Yes, they have both looked very good. Actually, Zaboral to me has been, you know, it's in that first game, it was just like it wasn't even close for two periods that he was the best player on the ice, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just wasn't even close. But are do we get ourselves in danger of saying too much about a player too soon? And this could be also asked about AJ Greer, for instance given that we're talking about the first exhibition game of the year when it was barely eight veterans in the lineup per team. Yeah, I'm nodding my head the whole time. It's certainly, we, we, we jumped to quick conclusions. I, I think the one, the one caveat to that is those are the guys that needed to make good impressions. Right. Uh, those are the like those are the guys that needed to start camp and needed us to be talking about them right off the bat. So uh, it, it's not a foregone conclusion, like you said three or four or five minutes ago, but they're they're certainly more than in the mix at this point. And they've got four more games to prove themselves. You assume they're going to start throwing them in different situations, um, especially on the back end. They're going to get more minutes, a fuller game probably Saturday and then a road game and then that yep. last game. So, so yeah, they, they have a long way to go, but but they've – They've asserted themselves early in camp what they needed to do. No question. Saturday's lineup, just an FYI, Jim Montgomery told us earlier today, he plans to play the full Bergeron line, and he plans to play the Krejci line, so along with Pasternak and Hall. So get your tickets now. That should be fun. Yeah, Yeah, it will be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm actually going to go to that. I'm going to take Jake and maybe a few others and, and go to that game after an enormous junior eagles game oh, mama. at 9 30 in the morning yes after the real important game of the day all right let's get to aj greer the player of the moment and deservedly so as well as zaboro played in game one and he did uh in game two and in game one Greer was excellent. Greer showed himself, not just because of the fight in game one, but he showed himself as a, I'm going to do my role player. I'm going to do what I need to do to get noticed player. 
Now in game two, he took it to a little bit of a different level of not only am I going to be physical, but I'm going to show you I've got some finish to my game. Let's not forget that this is a second-round pick from years ago of the Colorado Avalanche. Spent a year and a half at Boston University, left halfway through his second year to go play in the queue, uh, and had a nice second half of the season, actually, in the queue that year. And he's had a solid what you would call pro career. What was it, 50 games, maybe 51 NHL games too? But this is a guy who's a tweener so far. To me, watching him, I think Boston has a very um, warm place in his heart, despite the fact he was only here for a year and a half racer. I think he understands the importance of the spoked bee, the sweater, the heritage, the organizational, the, the history. That I think he's looking at this and saying to himself, what the hell? This is probably my last legit chance to really establish myself in the league and make a team coming out of camp. Like, really make a team coming out of camp. At least in my eyes, that's what I see. Have you seen that from other players before in your history as a player that, I don't want to say came from nowhere, but came from, hey, good good call-up guy maybe to... Well, at the very least right now, he's pushing some, he's kicking some guys' ass, you know what I mean, in other spots and forcing the competition to another level, which is obviously a great freaking thing. There's, there's, no, there's no major names that, that are really coming to mind, but it, it, I, I've seen it a lot in my career where exactly what we'd started opening the show with, that compete, and... The under, I think AJ Greer through two games and and watching him in practice. We talked about him the first practice we watched. The guy can shoot the puck. Yep, he's a big body. He can move and and he can zip it. That it stood out to me initially. His first snapper, I could tell it's different. Yep, I think he looks around and says, "I'm going to give something to this group, to this organization that none of these other guys are going to do." And to your point, I think you recognize the opportunity right away. And he's mm -hmm. proven that in the two games of fighting and getting to the front of the net and using his great shot that not a lot of guys have great shots on this team, right? On the bottom half, I would say they play smart and they do good things, but, but no one's beating guys with shots like and, other yep. than David, you know, there's not a lot of that. And I think he, he recognized that, and he's, he has certainly seized the moment um, over the first two games. But And I, I think what he's done is, is also repeatable. This doesn't feel – watching just the little bit we've watched, I don't see it necessarily being a drop-off if he chooses to continue motivated like that. Yeah. I, I think that uh, – you mentioned his size. He's listed at 6'2". I think he's almost 6'3". Um and I, I think that he is, you know, he's pushing 200 pounds. So physically he has that, which the Bruins, they need some of that physical edge to their yeah. game. They do, man. You know, look, I look at him as a fourth liner. I know he's been bumped to play with Coyle and Smith, but I think when all's said and done, he's, he's a fourth liner if he makes this team. But I, I agree with you about the shot. I just think that he's coming in with the determination that's going to push other guys, a Frederick. A Felino, a Studnika, a Nosek, and a Wagner, and probably Mark McLaughlin too, to say, "Holy shit!" There's one. There's there's maybe one, throw one other name into the mix for one of the few spots that are available. And um, you know, he's uh, he's not afraid to fight. We, we've seen that. We've seen that in the minors too. 
I believe his biggest issue is going to be pace. I think that's going to be, I've, you know, I, I know people that have been around him, uh, scouts, et cetera, and I've watched his game before. Pace, the regular pace of the NHL game might end up being his issue. But right now, seven, eight days through camp, he has shown that he can handle this pace. As we know, and you know better though than me, having been on the ice with these guys instead of me just talking about it here, you know the pace is going to increase another 10% in about two weeks and then another 10% in three weeks when the NHL season begins. And then second half of the year, probably another couple of percent. We've got cut day. Probably Thursday seems like the, it's a day off, so that that's usually when they yeah. do the, the, the initial dirty work. And to your point, it goes up fifteen percent right off the bat. They just chop fifteen percent of pace goes right up instantly on Friday, Saturday. Um, how many guys have you seen over the last twenty years that had two goals in a preseason game or are a lock after two exhibition games and within four games of the regular season they're Back in right. Providence, you never heard him again. So, yes, right. we're, we're pumping the brakes a little bit on this. It's just I think we're, we're excited for – I'm excited for what he's brought in with the fighting and the hitting and the scoring. Just putting all of that together and that want to make the team, I will do whatever it takes to make the team. And not just saying it, but actually going out and doing it. Right, yeah. We haven't had it's, a lot of that. We haven't had that. That's – it. it that... And the fans have clamored for that for, mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. And I do think that there has been a legit concern about some of the lack of team toughness with this team at times. And whether, you know, last year, remember when uh, Forsberg nailed Bergeron and there wasn't a lot of response to it and uh, in that Nashville game. And, and uh, there are other instances too. And, this is not saying that one player is the end-all, be-all, folks. But what we're saying, it's it's a team mindset that one player can have an impact on. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that this does. Hopefully this catapults a few of these other guys who are in that same level of unknown or of competition to say, holy shit, he's done this, I need to do that. Yeah, it, and, and I'm, I've, I've, it's pretty clear, I think, through this show, I'm not a fight guy. I'm not a guy, uh, I didn't You're do it. You're not an unnecessary fight Yeah, I, I didn't do it. I, I have so much respect for the guys that do it, and I think it's really easy for me to sit here and tell guys to go and fight when I never did it or had to do it. But I also know how much of a difference that makes when guys go and do it and how much it shows how much you care when you go out and just grab a guy in different times, especially in preseason when you're trying to make a team. And whether you, you take a couple on the nose, it usually doesn't show up much if you're not fighting a tough guy, but you go out and you do it, and everybody that's watching the game, all the vets at home saying, that guy's trying to make the team. Mm-hmm. And the coaches say it. And the, so I, I encourage the young guys to do that at times that, that need to make a difference and, and find a spark and – it's not for the fighting aspect. It's just to show how much you care. And that seems to be the easiest way to do it out in preseason games. I, I really believe in and that. And we don't see much of it anymore. No. So it might not be as easy to. In the old days. In, yeah, you could I'm always going, find a guy in the old days. Holy shit. These first two. Wait a second. Are you kidding me? The first two <laughs> games on your preseason schedule when they were the Flyers and Bruins and the Rangers and Bruins, those games would take three hours mm-hmm. minimum. 
Without commercials. Without commercials, right? Just to get the goddamn game in because there'd be five fights per. There would be, you know, face-off oh. and fractions left and right. It would have been, you know, and I'm, I'm not even going back 30 years. So that's for sure 30 years ago. No, 20. 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. But now we're seeing maybe one fight a game. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And that's fine. I am with you on it, but I am. And it's, I just want to see the intensity mm-hmm. and I want to see the end result of making a statement from players. And we're seeing that from AJ Greer. We've seen it a bit from Stanika. Wasn't, he was okay in game one. Admitted, not admitted, talked about having had a conversation with Jim Montgomery for game two. Much better. He needed that game, yes. He needed that game in a big way. Because even if, even through the first period last night, I don't know what your thought. I was thinking, ah, he's still perimeter. Ah, he's still like he had a like chance. His, he had like a chance in the a slot. He had a little wrister, but he, it's like shoot the puck through the back of the net, would you? Like, quit putting it into the pads and like soft plays. But he he needed those last two periods. He really did. I, I don't know what it looked like watching, but that that Much was my better. feel. Like I thought he was almost done if he had a bad effort last night. I don't disagree. I didn't like his first. I thought it was a nondescript first yeah. period. How about that? And and that's okay. not enough for him right now. It, no. That you know it, it's fine overall, but just for where he's at. You know? Yeah, and you know what? I don't. There's a spot for for Stadnika on the team to begin. Because I firmly believe they want him to have one, mm-hmm. but I think there's a spot if he earns it for a. I at first I was like, ah, he can't be a fourth liner, and I'm like, you know what? No, he can be because if he can make some plays as a fourth liner, and he can up his ante a little physically. Damn it, they'll get more out of their fourth line then if he's doing it. So there's a spot for him. Now, does that mean he has to be the center? No. Do I think he need, wants to be? Yes. But if I'm him, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be either the fourth line center or right wing. And I firmly believe that there is a spot for him given potential. But I think they're also that the, the uh what the leash is it's so short now. Mm-hmm. With it him, is. I think. It's I so agree. short. It is. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I hate the saying, but it is what it is now with the kid, you know? It's kind of make or break it yep. for him. Yep. Um so I liked him in the second and third. Uh, had a chance to chat with Brandon Carlo today on and off air. He looks a little thicker. He looks a little bigger. He says he's working. You know, he did a lot of work in the offseason on core lower body to be a little bit more physical. I was very happy to hear that, Razor. He's going to need to be more physical. Um, he's one of my four most important players coming out of camp for this Bruins team if they're going to be successful uh, and stay in the race with all the injuries, the significant three injuries that they have. Uh, but it was good to see him. Good to catch up as, as well. I saw Trent Frederick just for a minute today. Uh, you know, good spirit. I, he's going to have to step it up, man. Look, he, AJ Greer gonna, buzzed his tower last night. Sure Big did. Time. Sure did. Mm-hmm. Sure did. And and that Frederick is going to have to – he's going to have to step it up and, and do that because I think, you know, like we've been talking about this whole show, needs to see more. Tomas Nosek – I think there's another player right now that is kind of in the uh, in the what's up zone right now. Yeah. So my one, the one caveat with him is, and the, and I I said it to the guys on the Timmy on the mic last night while I was watching, is you can see how hard it is to play center for the Boston Bruins in these preseason games because the younger guys that haven't done it are all over the place. It, it looks so different. 
And, and I think that's the one thing that Nosek can lean on is his ability to play that centerized defensive role and win faceoffs and kill some penalties. So that allows him a bit of a different role that we haven't seen from some of the other guys. And with Marshawn out, is it a Bergeron, Nosek kind of penalty kill up front right off the bat? So I think Nosek's got a little bit more time than the other guys that we've talked about because of his skill set otherwise. But certainly he is getting pushed as well that wasn't there last season there was no push at all he was automatic he was there exactly but that's it's 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 not it's not tedious for him he's not make or break but he also needs to up his game and and up his pace a little bit i think yeah and you know a couple of years ago with vegas he had a little bit more finish Mm -hmm. that just could have been the system or the just maybe the no expectations for him to score type of thing. He just seems to continue to be, and I don't like to use the term snake bit because I don't think it's snake bit anymore. I think he has a hard time <laughs> scoring. finishing scoring at the NHL level. I do, with no disrespect. I, I, I wish I could say, I mean, I'm a fan of his when I say him. I've said hi to him a couple of times. You know, COVID, I'm, I'm so freaking happy, and I've said this before. I get to actually start meeting and talking with these guys. I know you are too. Um because I'm really looking forward to getting to know them more and understand what's in their heads more and, and what they're thinking, et cetera. And, and, but he, he just, it doesn't look like he's comfortable scoring at this, at, 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 at the NHL level, but they want him to, need him to. Here's the other thing. I'm also concerned if they don't keep him around, that eventually not, because they don't have another left-handed guy to take face-offs. You know, Hall's not a face-off guy. Zaka maybe, but I don't, he's not as good as, no sec. No. You know, but, no. you know, and if you're putting him on a certain line, are you sending no sec uh, Zaka out there to take certain D zone face offs on the left side? Are, are, you know, so if you have four right shot centermen, it's just something to keep in mind, folks, and to consider as a thing to keep him or to consider mm-hmm. keeping him when you're going through a checklist of pros and cons per player. Yeah, precisely, and, and that's that's gonna that gives him an edge over everyone else because he's done it. He's a he's a fifty five, almost sixty percent face off guy, and, and you can never have enough of those. And especially with a couple penalty killers out of the lineup right out of the gates, he, he just he, you you like that. Vet. Coaches just love leaning on that. They really and do. I, you know, he would have to clear waivers, obviously, mm-hmm. and I think for a veteran team yeah he's getting yeah he's getting picked up like he's he's valuable throughout the league right through enough teams throughout the league would i think would take a proverbial flyer on the guy Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like say oh hey i think it was he 1.2 something like that um i I could see that him being taken believe it or not before some other players yeah i agree I, I, I do. Uh, real quick, we're going to do one more season preseason brew coming up in a week, in another few days or so. But I mean, we've started to see a little bit different, you know, system from Jim Montgomery. Not a total change, so to speak. A lot of the similarities in the D zone, maybe a little different positioning, but the guy here there, but still center supporting the low D, the weak side D off of the strong side post, still looking for short passes out of the zone, et cetera. Maybe even a little bit more utilizing short passes. But I haven't seen enough to per se, Razor, to say, oh, my God, you know, it's so different. But you can tell, at least in practice, how active the DR. You can tell that, that he's trying to. That that could lead, though, to some hiccups. 
early on in the season as they're all still trying to learn when to go and not go in his system. Correct. I think watching, you know, I, I think they'll do a good job. I think, again, the centers are so smart in this that they're able to recognize when they need to sit back. I think, you know, you can, you can let Lindholm roam as much as he wants, and he's yeah. going to pick the pretty good timing. You know, Riley does a good job. It, it, there's going to be some hiccups for sure, but um, it certainly looks like they're trying to play with more pace. And, and yeah, they're going to give up a little bit, but but over two games, they haven't, and I know it's, it's, it's not, you're not seeing the big boys, right? Like that's, you know, last night there was a bunch of shots from the outside. There, there wasn't a lot of interior play. There's a few breakdowns, but I think the, the proof is going to be in the pudding the next time we talk in another week from now, when you get a little bit close to the end of preseason, um, if there's gaping holes in that pressure, but I, I they just have to find ways to score more goals. Cause these teams are all, that's, that's the, the end goal for everybody. I think at this point, right? Yeah. And Jimmy loves goals. Jimmy, yeah. you know, he was a, he, he was, was a guy a producer a guy. and, and uh, he loves them, and he knows that that has to happen. And the Bruins need more. We know how good they've been defensively for the last shit decade, if not even <laughs> a little more. Um, but they have to score some more goals if they're going to take a little bit of pressure off. But it might be a little scary at times early on because yep. there might be some times where they pinch or not pinch, but uh, engage perhaps when they shouldn't engage. They get above the puck instead of coming up with the puck, so to speak. I can really see the issue going to be on the rush when that D-man's leading the rush or the D-man's jumping in and having that fourth player, which is typically a forward, sneaking in a little bit more. That yeah. That's where you can see it become something where a transition's an issue. Um, that, that's, that'll be my sense. That, that's what I'll be looking for. Absolutely. Yeah, that D has to read the play. What we're referring to, folks, is the weak side defenseman getting up if he gets the whether he gets the puck on his stick or not he can't be above the play meaning he can't be in front of it now if he's carrying the puck and leading the rush that fourth player has to cover just enough by a few feet if not you expose yourself you got four guys below the top of the circles could be screwed but when it works it works beautifully because now you've created an odd, odd man or outnumbered situation coming through the neutral zone and coming into the ozone, but it'll be it'll be you know a work in progress. The old whip. Uh, we'll we'll see how how the Bruins do with that. Now we've got a couple more games. I do believe this. I don't know factually, but I would believe that Lena Solmark would play on Saturday, uh, as Swayman played on on Tuesday night, mm -hmm. and it would be good to see Linus get the full game on Saturday. And then I'm at, we'll probably see cuts on Thursday, like you said. Probably see some more cuts after Saturday or Sunday, maybe. Yeah. And then you'll get down to um, eight more, nine more days mm -hmm. of camp. You'll have, what, one or two more games. And then by that last game, what is it, October 8th, I believe? Yeah, yeah Saturday is going to be – that'll be the full tilt. That'll be everybody Then you'll see the full lineup. team. Yeah. Right. So it'll be interesting. You, you and I will talk uh, definitely before, again, before the 8th. So we'll get another – today as we sit and record, it's the 28th of September. We'll get one in in five or seven, five to seven days, and then we are going to do a season preview brew after the eighth. Obviously, when cuts have been made, so on the ninth or tenth, the season preview will come out, and then here we go. Let's go as of October twelfth. And a reminder: October twelfth game is not going to be on Nesson. However, we are going to provide full pregame and postgame coverage on Nesson because we are the network 
for the Boston Bruins. All right, Razor, uh, I know you got to get to practice. I've yeah. got to put together practice uh, for the game uh, for the Just guys a bag tonight. Skate. Just a bag. Skate. Not tonight. No, Bro. coming off a few good games, and uh, they're picking it up. They're 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 starting to pick it up. But we will see. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to make some uh, crazy <laughs> prognostication. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's going to wrap it up. The morning brew with Jaffe and Razor. Thank you as always to Berkshire Bank for being the presenting sponsor of this. And uh, we got some fun sponsors, folks, coming up in the next few weeks, too, as we start another season. Our second full, third year overall, but second full season coming up of Morning Brew with Jaffe and Razor. Everybody have a wonderful couple of days. Continue to enjoy training camp this fall New England weather or wherever you're listening to us. And as always, take some time to enjoy your coffee.